What's up, everybody? We are here for episode four of the Lucky Dog Podcast. I am joined with a close friend, a good buddy, a fellow beverage consumer on weekends, and a teammate with BJ McLeod Motorsports, my good buddy, Stefan Parsons. So welcome, Stefan. Yeah, thank you for having me. This, I, uh, this is awesome. Yeah, I appreciate the makeshift studio visit. Um, <laughs> we're sitting at my kitchen counter with uh, two mics and headphones, and the dogs are in the bedroom. So the dog and cat are in the bedroom, so they don't bother us. But <laughs> no, we're having fun. We, uh, Stefan and I were just chatting about kind of what it was like to uh, come from the short track side of the stuff. And, and now here we are getting ready to kind of go do our deal on Saturdays. Um, my first question I've asked a handful of our guests is, uh, you know, the Lucky Dog podcast is basically highlighting everything from 15th on back for all forms of, uh, of, the, of the sport, truck, Xfinity, cup. And I feel like you and I have had a journeyed history of experiencing everything that takes place from late models, K&N, ARCA, truck, Xfinity, um, on all sides of it. I feel like you're one of the few with me that have owned stuff, drove stuff, fixed stuff, worked on stuff, yeah, worked on the business side of it. So, man, I, uh, I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, we'll get to talking. I guess my first question is, is when do you think you realized, um, when did you realize the difference of racing the way we do? Um, I was pretty fortunate uh, that I grew up around uh, or with my dad, um, basically – Ever since I can remember, he was either um, racing. Obviously, he he retired when I was in 2001, when I was three. Um, so I didn't get to watch him race much, but he owned uh, race teams from the time I was about 10 years old. And I think growing up around that from the time I was 10, and he owned a team uh, in what was then the Xfinity Series and then the Cup Series all the way until 2015. Um, and just being around that, I think I got a greater appreciation and understanding of just the challenges that I think we face, yeah. um, the challenges that we still face today, um, the challenges that you don't necessarily see uh, on TV that you don't that the that the television coverage doesn't necessarily highlight. You know, it's a away from the racetrack. Definitely, yeah. yeah. Um, just the week to week stuff, the the struggle, the battle. Um, you know, trying to make the most out of, uh, out of the lease, you know, on budget or whatever. So I think if I wouldn't have had that experience and been around that, and I was also, I mean, I was fortunate enough to be around, um, awesome people and great drivers, like, uh, from a young age. Yeah. Yeah. Like Michael yeah. McDowell yeah. And, and Josh, Josh Wise. Wise. And I think just seeing the way that, uh, that they handled that and the way they approached it has really influenced me in the way that I try to approach it now. Like, um, just very fortunate. I and obviously, um, pretty much all of my experience in, in NASCAR, at least the top three series, has been in that kind of situation. And I think it's really helped me to uh, just have realistic expectations, and but at the same time, um, trying to maximize the situation, uh, the situation yeah. best you can without without doing too much or or overstepping or, or trying too hard. So, um, yeah, pretty much just having that experience um, with my family has just really almost molded me. you into the the percent or the perspective you have now yeah definitely yeah. Uh, I, I don't think i think if i don't have that experience i think it, it may 
it may have been um, the road would have yeah it, it would have been, been different a little bit more of a rude awakening yeah probably I totally agree mm-hmm. yeah I think what you just hit on there um, kind of reminds me too of it everyone can go through that but it's when you go through it that I think makes a difference of successful people in our sport and not and like the formidable ages that you experience that I think is key where you know guys like us that's where they hone it and are able to start their career with that kind of that almost that kind of uh, expectation or, or level setting, and they're the ones that have a, a, a long history, a long tenured in the sport. Because if if they come in at the wrong time, and like you said, they're in for a rude awakening, right? And it can get bad quick. And what do they say? Quick, fast, and in a hurry, it's gonna yeah. get ugly. I think. I mean, I think you. I think, and and you know as well, you've been you've been basically working on your own stuff and and doing stuff yourself since 2011, 12, 13. You know, uh, I think you see a lot of people that um, are probably in similar situations than we that we are in now, but they from the time you know whether they're 24, 25, however old they may be, well they until they really made it here, they had the expectations that they were going to drive for Hendrick yeah. and cup, you yeah, know, and that win every, races on, yeah, yeah, everything was going to be glamorous and it was, it was, you know, exactly what they dreamed it was going to be when it was, when they were six years old. And, um, unfortunately that's not always the case. And I think you and I have been very fortunate to, um, to just been kind of, um, a witness to that growing up so that, and almost learned it, uh, the right way. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there, I think there's a wrong way and a right way to learn something like this where you have to realize, you know, to make it the way we have to make it, um, there's a right way to learn it and a wrong way. And the wrong way could, could uh, you know, put a bitter taste in your mouth, could make you dislike the, the sport or, or change your idea of, you know, this was fun when I was younger, but it's, you know, is running 28th fun? No, but you almost look at the bigger picture mm-hmm. every time. And I think that's the right way to learn it. And and like you said, doing it, following in Phil's footsteps and, and being able to see their, being able to see his experience, I think I, I can relate a little bit to like being able to see the, uh, being able to have a figure like him or my dad to say, you know, here's where I went wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just that conversation alone can sometimes change your, my entire outlook. Right. Definitely. And I think. I think going back to kind of what we were talking about, you look at, I think we've both been fortunate enough to still be here, but we've seen a lot of people come and go, come and go. right? And I think you have to, regardless of the situation, you have to fall in love with the process. You have yeah. to love, no matter how ugly it can be sometimes, you have to love it because, you know. Embrace the grind. Embrace <laughs> the grind. You and, and you can look at people like, like Ross or... Matt DiBenedetto or people like that or Alex Bowman Corey who Corla Joy who have mm-hmm. been in situations that we have and yeah. found for, for years for years yeah. and found didn't give up kept grinding never gave up and found a way to make it to the top level of the sport and not only top level but compete at a be high level and, com- yeah. and be competitive yeah. and I think that's really what you got to look at and know that uh, even though the odds may be stacked against us. It's not impossible. No, it's not. It's no. not. And and that's kind of what I like reminding people is like now more than ever, it almost feels like there's a sense of 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 renaissance within the sport where it's like, 
man, the stories of guys like us is kind of appealing to a lot of people. And, and even yet, you know, not to date this, but even just the recent news of Josh Berry and, and his, his plans for 2022, like that's, that's what keeps me and I know you mm. kind of going at this and, and keeps us uh, being able to look at the horizon and know that there is light at the end of the tunnel. You just have to direct your way through that tunnel the right way. Mm. No. And I, and I've, and I've learned as well, like, through all the trials and tribulations, you know, and, and, you know, it's sometimes it's really hard and sometimes it gets, it, you get low and you get bummed and you don't, you know, you don't really know what you're going to do next, but I have learned to love every second of it, yeah. even the good and the bad, because yeah. at the end of the day, whether how pretty it looks or whatever, we're still getting to do what we've always wanted. Yeah. To do. What we've grown up watching, like and dreaming of, you know, I've, I'm, I've been, like I said, I've been fortunate enough to, uh, be around my father who owned a team and got to see what that was like up close. And I, you know, I love every little, every little detail, yeah. you know, like yeah. just as, as small as getting uniforms made and pit banners and, yeah. and coordination just of, of a weekend to, to the point of getting in the car and driving the weekend. Like I love every step of it. So it's just been a really cool experience and it's, and it's very fortunate to be able to do what I do now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a good point that you said, cause I find myself, like a lot of people ask me, they're like, are you nervous, you know, getting in the car? And like, the more I've thought about it, the older I've gotten, I'm like, you know, the moment the national anthem ends and, and the flyover has come and gone and you're like putting the helmet on, it's like, you know, no, I'm not nervous because I was nervous when, you know, I was hoping I could credential this person. I was nervous if, right. you know, I was waiting on decals. I was nervous mm. when uh, I was trying to put uh, a pit crew together, you know, and right. then it's like the moment you get to buckle up is like, a sigh of relief and it's mm. and it's the icing on the cake and the exclamation point to that week or whatever went into that weekend or, or you know for for us sometimes months of going into it um i think your story's you know really neat in the sense of like when when we say embrace the grind i mean what was it four years ago you were racing late models right yep and then a couple truck races and then a couple xfinity races and now here we are yeah no i, I think it it, it, I tell people all the time, you know, it, it, what we do is a full-time job. It's yeah. a seven day a week job, yep. but you know, you deal with a lot. There's a lot of politics and a lot of, a lot of maneuvering that you have to deal with. But when you, like you said, when that national anthem gets done playing, you put on that helmet for the next three hours, nothing, nothing, nothing matters yeah. except for what you're doing, going out there and driving that race car. Yep. And that is, that is just the most satisfactory feeling that you can have. And I know even even this year, like people have asked me if I get nervous. I don't get nervous. I get more, I don't get nervous about going out there and doing it. Like there have been situations this year where it, you as well, that we had to qualify. Like yeah. we had to make the race. If we <sighs> weren't fast enough, we weren't going to make the race. I haven't been nervous about missing the race. I was nervous about the implications of yeah. what would happen if I didn't make oh, the race. Dude, like the, I was asking Vargas about this and it's like the, it's hard to almost, put into words the feeling of Xfinity qualifying in 2021 and knowing that I think, you know, the level of competition is at the heights of maybe the middle 2010s. And it's like, <laughs> as a driver, you know, for our teams and I, and honestly, I wouldn't even say our teams anymore, but just as yeah. a driver in any, in any kind of a equipment nowadays, like when you show up to when, when I got to Charlotte, and it's like there's 44 cars and 40, 
two of them are within eight tenths of a second. It's yep. like, what do we, <laughs> Yeah. like, I don't know what, mm-hmm. I don't know what's going to happen. And like you said, the implications of, oh my God, I got people coming in the stands. I got people coming in the, in the racetrack. I got people expecting to take their picture on the grid as yeah. we're lining up. And mm-hmm. it's like, what, you know, those are the things that go through your mind. Um, cause I think you're right as a competitor, like it's something you're almost, you're almost used to mm-hmm. growing up in racing. Like you're used to having those weekends where you're off. You're used to, or, or you should be used to, you know, it's never right. going to be perfect. Um, but for guys like us, like that's what we're forced to, mm-hmm. uh, that's almost like what we're forced to deal with. Mm-hmm. Not that it's bad and not that I'm complaining or you're complaining, but it's like, those are the external variables and pressures right? aside from going fast on the racetrack. Mm-hmm. I remember, um, back when Michael McDowell drove for my, uh, for my dad, I mean, they were pretty much in a situation where they had to make the race every week, every weekend, like yeah. every weekend they had, to, he had to go qualify and have that same feeling that we have. Yeah. I asked him one time, I was like, do you like, how nervous does it make you? He's like, doesn't make me nervous. I love yeah. it. He was yeah. like, I love it. Yeah. Isn't that funny? I love it so much. Yep. And I just, I've always remembered that and tried to re- remember that and, and emulate that because yeah. you know, the sun's going to come up. Right. Yeah. But it is such a, you know, you, you know, at Charlotte and Nashville, like it is when you go out there and you, and you do it, like we've been fortunate enough to make these races when you got there and you, and you know, you've played all these scenarios in your head. What, what would happen if, what's going to happen if I make, I miss it and you got there and do it. You're just like, it's such <sighs> a, it's such a yeah. relief. Yeah. No, it's funny. I, um, so I missed, I missed the show at Coda, uh, where we qualified and it was, you know, the conditions were different. We qualified in the rain, whatever. But I remember that's the first race I've missed Xfinity racing. And, um, I was broken, man. Like I was just done. I had, you know, Shriners hospitals for children on the car. We had people that had donated names are on there. And it was like, this is a worst case scenario. I had, you know, sponsors and, and guests coming to the racetrack to watch us race and like having to watch them walk down garage and, and you're in my car is the only one loaded in front of the trailer, yeah. like ready to go home. It's like brutal. And I remember talking to my dad and I just, I got a text from him and he could tell I was down and he's like, yep, you know, you'll have this. Mm. And I was like, yeah, it sucks. And he's like, you don't got to tell me, he's, you know, in, in 1998, we missed six races with John Deere and Roush racing in the cup series. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, you're right. Like right. this happens. The sun came up. Mm-hmm uh, people will hopefully forget about it and we'll go, you know, we'll go back racing, but it's brutal, man. And I think, I think part of it too, that is, is important for us to explain is like, we, uh, we feel it so heavily because we have so much invested Mm -hmm. into getting there and Mm -hmm. having that shot. And then knowing that you're, you know, you're a blink of an eye away from, from doing it or, or not being able to. Yeah. No, I mean, it, you You and I both have worked really hard to uh, to get the partners that we have this year and, and that allow us to go out there and, and perform on uh, on these weekends and for BJ. And at the end of the day, you just don't want to let anybody down. Yeah, you don't want to let anyone you down. Don't wanna, you don't want to make anybody feel like they're um, – that they made a wrong choice or yeah. that, you know, it, regardless, like you just don't want to let anybody down. And um, that's, a, that's a tough – that's a lot of weight to put on your shoulders. Yeah. Like, cause at the end of the day, you and I both know, you know, you can, we can only do so much. Like, yeah. We're, we're only going to be able to go so fast. Yep. But you still, you know, that if, if you miss the race, it, this, it's just on you. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a tough weight to carry, but 
um, it's I, part of it, right? Like it's part of the grind. I remember you and I were driving back from mid Ohio earlier in the summer and you said something. And I think you even told me, maybe Corey told you, but there's extrinsic and intrinsic goals for yep. guys like us. Mm-hmm. And I, and I, I remember that like yesterday and I was like, you know, that's a really good perspective. There's, you know, the extrinsic goals and I'll have you dive into it, but there's ones that we can control and ones we can't. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think um, as, as, as racers and as drivers, we all, from a young age, have this, this kind of killer mindset, right? Yeah. And you basically, you and I grew up wanting to win. You know, from the time we were, whenever we started racing to the time we basically made it to the top three series, yeah, the we, series. you were going every weekend to win. Yep. Like, you were there to win, and anything less was disappointing. And obviously, unfortunately, just the reality of it in the situation right now, it's not particularly possible. Yeah, yeah. So you have to find ways to motivate yourself and ways to make yourself better. And Corey was telling me, is like, because um, obviously Corey's been in similar situations as us. And you look at stuff like um, green flag pit road time. You yeah. know, you're maximizing your your entry to pit road on green flag, uh, your restarts, restarts, you know, your efficiency on restarts, your efficiency in passing, your green flag passes versus times passed, your, your lap time Delta, you know, being consistent. And that's the stuff that we can control. We can't control how fast our car is. We can't control whether we run 15th or 25th to a certain extent, to a certain degree. So you have to look at things that, uh, are basically separate that, that your equipment doesn't affect, you know, your, like I said, pit road restarts, just efficiency as a driver. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff that you have to look at as, as motivation. That's something that I have learned and I'm still continuing to learn, but it definitely is uh, a different perspective than just going out there and trying to finish, you know, saying, I, I hope I get a top 20 Yeah. because yep. that's not always possible. Correct. And it's almost like a, a, a shift of the mindset of racing, um, you know, driving to those goals versus like you just said, Oh, we're, you know, my goal today is to go finish 25th. Well, you know, there might be some things that happen or penalties that are out of your control. And next thing you know, you're on your own lap and it's like, okay, what's your goal now? Right. Um, and I think that's, that's the nail on the head is being able to do to the best degree of what you're in control of restarts, pit road, speed penalties, whatever passing and, and, and doing that to the best of your ability. And, Nine times out of ten, with my experience, if you do that, everything else will take care of itself. Right. You know, a couple guys have some wrecks. Uh, we often talk, and I think Vargas and I talked um, Pocono last year. Yeah, you know, we all three, you, myself, we were shit. We were racing for a top ten. Yeah, and it's like who would have ever thought at a track like Pocono, mm-hmm. you know, in the equipment we're in, we'd be in that scenario. But mm-hmm. uh, you control your variables, and next thing you know, it's it, one of those days work out for it. So. I, uh, no, I, I think, and, and, you know, that's kind of why I was fun. I was, I was happy you were going to come on cause I knew we'd have fun. And what's funny is we've almost, we've done a podcast before, but just no one was recording. Right. You know, we drove to Daytona, we drove we to mid Ohio, drove to mid Ohio, yeah. drove back Atlanta, whatever. And I think it's good for, for our conversations to finally be able to get out there for people to listen. Cause what was so, you know, what was so fun for me to like, kind of start this idea and, and sit down with Mamba and a couple of people is like. I feel like, I feel like, you know, with everything on social media now, we have a platform or a base, but you know, our stories don't get, mm-hmm. I, I think they get heard and they get understand, but 
the the deep um, everything behind the scenes mm-hmm. might be hard for the average fan to to kind of picture and look at from the surface. And so, you know, being able to to have these conversations and put them out there, I think is is fun. Mm-hmm. You know, tell old stories. Um, I, I'd love to get Phil on here and and uh, my old, yeah, my old man, and yeah. you and I can just sit in the corner and drink beer or something yeah. and let them swap stories. Because you know, there's another example like. I'm sure when they were racing, they probably had a, almost a similar mindset we did. You know, you know what you got. You're you're fighting the same problem as I'm sure they were fighting the same problem as Dale Earnhardt. They was they just had different zeros at right. the end of their budget. <laughs> right. Well, and that, and that's the thing that that you know maybe not everybody realizes. Um, you know, you, me, and Austin Cindric. We're putting the same amount of effort in to drive our cars. Yeah, one's just faster than the other. Yeah, yep. We are we're put we're trying just as hard. Yeah, you know we're putting in just as much effort. Maybe we don't have the resources and tools like SMT or data or whatever that he has, but we're still we're checking off all our boxes. Yeah. We're putting in as much effort as yeah. as as we can because it, you know, you you don't want to be able to look back and say I could have done more. Yeah, you don't want to have any regrets. Right, especially on the driving side of it, mm-hmm. which. You know, is also kind of tough too, because I think there's a fine line that we should talk about of, you know, racing the way we race, but then also the big picture is, you know, the team can't afford to wreck stuff. The team can't afford to maybe have you make this pass for one position more. And unfortunately, you and I have both been on the wrong side <laughs> we, of that this year. Yeah, I was gonna get to that. We've we've uh, felt the wrath of, uh, why did you do that, you dumbass? Yeah. Uh, whether it's from Johnny Davis or B.J. McLeod or a competitor. Um, I think eventually you do this long enough, you're going to get the, you're going to get the ash chewing that you might, that I would say I deserved sometimes. Oh, I know I deserve it sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. We've, uh, and we've even had conversations about that, right? Where it's like, you know, the, the mindset at times is tricky to balance because we're trying to go out there and do our best job, but it's like, well, you know, if I don't make this pass, what is that saying? Right. But it's almost reverse of if you don't make this pass you're showing almost a little you're showing a different kind of discipline or a different kind of talent that you know let's face it car owners like to see for guys like you and i mm-hmm. um you know unless we have the the big checkbook it's going to be hard for us to just say oh let me drive your car you know i, I promise i won't wreck but yeah. what does that mean right no it's uh it's tough and like I said, unfortunately, both of us have been on the wrong side of it. But it, it's it's racing; it happens. Um, the biggest thing you have to do is 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 learn from your mistakes, yeah. so you don't make them again, right? Like yep. people talk about why we learn history in school; it's because so you don't repeat history. Yeah, it's the same thing for for some of the stuff that happens. You know, you it, at the end of the day, as much as it sucks in the moment and it, it it gets you down, like it, I firmly believe that the tough moments do make you a better person, make you a better oh, race car driver. One hundred percent. You know, yeah. I think I don't think. I think I don't. I'm not the same race car driver. And I'm not the same person I was two months ago. Yeah. You always have yeah. to be evolving. You always have yep. to be improving and changing and, and figuring out what is the next step or move or or maneuver you can make to better yourself. Yeah, and it's challenging. And I think that's the fun part of talking about it for me is it's it's so um, it's so complex, especially when you're running 25th every weekend, right? It's like there's such a fine line of doing our job to our best degree and the reward might not always be there, but you have to be 
content with that. You have mm. to be able to say, you know, when you leave the racetrack, whether it was a, a, a great day and everything fell into your place and you finished 13th or 14th, you know, or you worked your ass off and you had some shots, but nothing happened and you leave 27th and it's like, well, damn, you know, yeah. I, I gotta, I have to remind myself this is part of it. Yeah. No, I, I think a good example that I, in my memory is, is Charlotte for you, right? Like we back in, uh, in the May, spring. Yeah. yeah. We, I remember, I think we, I qualified, I don't know, 23rd or 24th. And then, um, I think we were running around 20th all day and we put on a bad set of tires and lost a lap and then I ended up finishing, I don't know, 23rd, 24th. Whereas like you were the opposite. Yeah. Like you had not been running great all day. I made it in on a provisional. Yeah start off the race and it's like, Hey, I'm just happy to be here. Mm-hmm. We'll make the most of it. Mm-hmm. And then guys wreck. And like, you know, like you said, bad set of tires here and there and we leave a top 20 and it's like, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I just think it's, it, you know, you, you have to think about how long these races are too. Like, I think one thing that I've definitely learned is if, uh, you know, if something happens in, in lap 23, well, you still have, you know, a hundred and, 170 something laps to to make up for it you know it's not the end of the world and i think i think you see landon castle does a really good job of that basically as long as you stay on the lead lap the first two stages don't matter yeah for us i think that's a good point because we can talk about that like for us our race day goal is and we've we have meetings you know we've done 10 whatever 20 of them this year and our meetings before the race or if it is discussed every time if you're still on the lead lap by the end of stage two you're going to have a good day. Your race is set. Yep. Even if you're on the lead lap at the end of stage one. Stage one, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're going to have a good day. And, and as long as, you know, nothing, as long as you don't do something in your control, that's bad. Mm-hmm. But if you're there at the end of stage one, stage two, on the lead lap, you know, okay, at least, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, now my job is managing the rest and just letting it come to me. Because I know for a fact, and I've done it this year, if I try too hard and I bust my ass, yep. well, we're on jack stands and they're, I've done the same they're thing. still out there racing. Yep. And it's like, no one's happy. It doesn't make BJ happy. It, doesn't, it obviously doesn't make us happy. And it's right. like, you always can look back and you're like, why the hell, you know, why did I need to do that? No. Yeah. Where, where was I going to finish if I didn't do that? Pro- well, obviously better than being brought in on a wrecker. So yeah. it's tough, man. I mean... We've had the we've had the ass chewings, and I think, like you said, it may as long as you learn from it, it makes. I like to say I heard I don't know who who I heard say this, but it makes the champagne taste better. That's right. <laughs> when, when you get there, it'll finally make all of this will finally make the champagne taste better. Mm-hmm. I think I think one thing too is, I think race car drivers have a long memory. Yeah, like we have a, a very long memory but i don't think the people around yeah, us in no the sport does. <laughs> have as long of long as a memory as we think they do yeah so i think that's another important thing to remember too oh it's funny man i've uh i know my mom and dad argue i've heard them arguing before about you know what race my dad got spun out by dave marcus at in 1995 and like my dad knows to the lap and my mom's like you can't even remember your dry cleaning this morning like yeah. what the hell but that's a good example you mm-hmm. just know everything that happens behind the wheel of that car. Um, I want to ask you where, where, where do you think was one, one moment in the last five years, 10 years where you were like, I like, I know 100% this is what I want to do now. Was it at the national level? Was it short track or was it, or was there a moment? Has it just Mm -hmm. been 
I mean, I think I've I've always known yeah. that I wanted to do this from the time I can remember. I've, yeah. This is all I've ever wanted to do. But I think I 2017, I ran ran late models into the year, ran the Myrtle Beach 400 and and got wrecked and destroyed destroyed the car, broke my foot, and like didn't race anything from November 2017 to August 2018. Didn't mm-hmm. race once, and I was like. You know, you're just, I just didn't know if I was ever going to drive a race car again. And it was, I, you know, had to do some soul searching because yeah. I, that was part of my identity. Like yeah. I had, I'd never, I don't remember a time or a weekend that, or a week that I wasn't looking forward to going to a track on a weekend. So that was, I remember that was a tough time. And then, um, was fortunate enough to get a deal to run the truck race at Bristol, uh, for Jay Robinson and premium. And I just remember how excited, but also anxious I was yeah. for that because that was such a huge step. Like yeah. I'd, I'd never even ran an ARCA car or a Canaan car or anything. I'd only run late models. I'm like, it's, you know, I felt like it was such a monumental step and I was, I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know, you know, what it was going to drive, if I was going to be fast, whatever. And then went to that weekend and just the whole process of getting ready for that weekend. It's such, it's so, such a different mindset even even for a team like premium and jay robinson yeah truck racing it's it's still like you're still in nascar it's so it was so different than late model racing and getting working on your own car and getting ready to go to hickory on a weekend whereas you're getting ready to go to against 36 of the best at what they do at the of the best of what they do in the truck series at bristol at bristol and I just I remember I I fell in love with the excitement, anticipation, and the preparation for that, and getting there on the weekend and going through the motions of practice and qualifying, and working with a, a crew chief and having you know having a team, and just all that and fortunately making the race and actually ran I mean for that truck ran finished seventeenth ran pretty decent and I knew then I was like. I don't know what I'm going to have to do or how I'm going to do it, but I'm going to find a yeah. way to do this more yeah. because this is, this is so much m- even better than I than thought it was going to be. what you anticipated. Yeah. I think that's, that's kind of the nail on the head is like, I love this, but now I'm willing to invest every ounce into me getting to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I think, I think that's awesome. I, you know, for me, definitely when we went, when uh, my family team went truck racing and we had, there was ups and downs, and then there was like the, the the one shining moment where you're competitive and we ran well, and and it's like, yep, you know, I am willing to put up with the suck and mm-hmm. embrace it for this once a year, maybe, yep. maybe once one lap a year or something. You just have that moment where you're like, okay, yep, that's all I need. Yeah, and you know, you're you you put up with everything in between, and you're willing to dig. I think something that's cool that I definitely want to hit on as we're sitting here chatting is your fellow UNC alum. Yeah. Both of us. Yeah. Cheers to that. Go Niners. Go Niners. Go 49ers. I feel like I feel I've, I'm, I've tried to think a lot. I don't know any other national series driver, uh, that has their college degree. That's our age. Uh, you know, I know Williams working th- on it. I'd have to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. There might be a couple. I think Bailey Curry went to Charlotte for a while. He might yep. he might have uh, graduated already. I need to ask him. Mm-hmm. But I want to know kind of that process because I think our journeys were pretty similar. What was it like for you being a full time student as well as a race car driver? Um, it was it was tough for sure. Um, my I didn't really 
until my junior year, I was like, I don't even want to go to college. I was like, I just want to be a race car driver. And then I kind of got realistic and realized that, okay, I might need to go to college. This might not be what I... And so this was 2018? I, I graduated high school in 2016. So this was like 2013, 2014. Oh, junior year of high school. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I was like, I didn't even think about college. I wasn't even worried about it. And my parents were like, no, you're going to college. Like, you don't have a choice. You're going to college. And I, maybe at the time, I was like, ah, you know, whatever. I'm so grateful and thankful now that I did it. Because, uh, one, I'm fortunate enough, I, I graduated. But two, it taught me so much in just the college experience and, and dealing with people and having to work in, in groups and teams, yeah. like, especially, you know, you graduate from business school too, like your senior year, pretty much all your classes are group projects yeah. and you having to work with a team and a group and having to assign duties and stuff like that. I found a lot of parallels to, to racing. Like it almost made the group projects easy, huh? Yeah, definitely. You're like, and, man, if I can, if I could build a car with three other guys, mm-hmm. like this guy's, this presentation isn't going to be hard. Right. <laughs> but I remember too, my, the first, I, uh, the first three years of college, I was, um, I was still racing late models and, uh, working on my own late models. So like literally my, my whole second semester freshman year, uh, first semester, sophomore year, I was like, I would go to school. I, I, what I would do is I stacked all my classes. So I would have like, uh, I wouldn't have any, I didn't have any classes on Fridays and I would have classes all clumped together. So yeah. I would have class from like 8am to 12 yep. and I'd be done for the day and I would go Monday through Thursday, Monday through Thursday. And I would go to the shop and I would go work on the car. And I did that every, every day. day. Yeah. And I think it taught school me school work at night, school work at night yep. at two o'clock in the morning, whatever you had to do to get it done. Yeah. And I think it taught me a lot of time management, but it also taught me a lot of just work, hard work, work ethic, yeah. stuff like that. The more work you put in, the, the, more the better res- the result. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember that moment and I believe it was a principles of accounting class where I slacked off the first month, had a test, did not go good at all. And then I remember, I'm like, what am I doing? So I put in, <laughs> you study, put in the time. I did the work, read the book and surprise, like, you know, I think I got like a 99 on the test. And I was like, huh, it's just like racing, man. You put the work into it. You do yep. your research, you do your homework, you put in the effort. You're going to go fast. And for me, my timing with, with school, I got really lucky. I like to tell people in the sense of, you know, I was full-time student my first three years and I was only racing five, six times a year, mm-hmm. seven times a year. And uh, similar to you, I would stack my classes and go drive. I lived on campus, so I had about a 45-minute drive to the shop, and I'd get there right after the guys would get back from lunch. And, you know, we'd go racing kind of once one or tw- once or twice during the semester. And I remember that was always a hassle. Not mm-hmm. a hassle, but that was tough. Like, that was mm-hmm. hard because it was a lot of travel, um, it wasn't like I was back in high school where I could go to my professors and right. say, Hey, I'll take this test next week or something. Right. Um, but just like you hindsight, I look back and it's the greatest thing I ever did. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so glad. And it went by in a blink of an eye mm-hmm. and it's kind of cool to be able to, to look back and know that, you know, not only did we finish school, 
you finished in four years, right? I yep. was five, mm-hmm. but we did it while pursuing our career yeah. of being a race car driver. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a cool story that I really enjoy telling people. And hey, no one can ever take it away from us now. Yeah, it's it's in the it's in a frame on the wall. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> and then I think the cool part is just the uh, for me, and I think you you could agree, like the friends that you made on on campus. A lot of mine. They they knew about racing because mm-hmm. we were going to you know UNCC, but the amount of excitement uh, that they shared watching races because of kind of the way I introduced it to them was really yeah. cool. Yeah, definitely. I so I lived at home my first three years of college. Um, lived at my parents' house and drove. Again, I drive thirty minutes to school every day, and then thirty minutes to the shop, and then thirty yeah, minutes back, back home. home. So I was doing a lot of driving. But then my senior year, I. I lived on campus with uh, actually three of my best friends from high school, and that was when I, I, I that was the first my uh, first semester senior year was when I first started racing for BJ in the Xfinity series, and I remember uh, having to kind of like you said you had navigate the travel and yeah. when you were going to leave and and kind of having to work with professors when you had to you, you know you had to practice on Friday race on Saturday and you had like a big assignment due on Sunday so you like had to really manage your time but I remember getting back like i think that was when um because my friends in high school they always knew i wanted to be a race car driver even when we were in middle school and they you know that's every every kid in middle school wants to be an athlete or, or do whatever and then for i thought i it thought it was really cool for them to see you know the actual what it like yeah. up close you yeah. know i drive drive to it, leave at four o'clock in the morning and drive to indy on a yeah. friday or or fly to texas and you know you know they're you know, doing a Halloween deal and I'm in Texas racing and yeah. just like, I, I like just the kind of full circle and you know, they were always interested and they'd always watch races and they'd ask me how it went, stuff like that. So kind of the same deal, just cool to, to, you know, have your friends who have nothing to do with racing, be passionate, passionate about it and show an interest in it. And because you're doing it, because you're doing it. Yeah. I remember like the first time I got my roommates to the Charlotte truck race, um, right there at the end of the semester, May, and they were all able to come out, obviously, pre-pandemic and stuff. And they're in the garage. And I remember just, like, almost the aha moment where I saw them be like, holy shit, this is, like, legit. Like, yeah. Jesse isn't messing around with this. He's yeah. not joking. Like, this is fully blown. And uh, I was like, that's a sense of gratification that's like, okay, I really uh, I really like, you know, being able to be in this set- setting. Mm-hmm. And it's almost another checkbox of... Yep, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I remember, I mean, we talked about this on the way back from Mid Ohio, but uh, I, we were we were out somewhere one night after a race. I think it might have been Charlotte, and uh, this kid—I don't know if you did—but I, you know, in middle school, people, you know, had their own preconceived notions about that. And in, yeah. in, in middle school, people want to be bullies anyway. Yeah, yeah. So people had their own preconceived notions about NASCAR, and like, oh, you know, you're look at this. You're just a redneck and wants to turn yeah. left in circles, and yeah. you know. I'm sure you Demolition probably Demolition Derby. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you kinda of dealt with the same things I did. And this kid came up to me and was like This is uh, at a college party? No, I think this was at a bar or something. Oh, okay, okay. And this kid came up to me and was like he was like, Hey Stefan, I'm like, Yeah, like I hey, I remember you. We went to middle school together and I he was like, How you been? I was like, Oh, you know, good. He's like, What have you been doing? I'm like, Oh, I actually, you know, raced today at Charlotte and he was like, Dude, he's like, I've been following you. I think like I know I used to give you, you know, crap in middle school, whatever. But it, I think it is so cool that you're actually doing what you wanted to do yeah. in middle school and like making your dream a reality. And like I was blown like he has no idea, but 
I was blown away by that yeah. moment, just how it kind of comes full circle. It gives you like chills talking about it because yeah. you're like that. You know, we're 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 still young a little bit, but it's like that's the uh, the realization and mm-hmm. the instant gratification of. Mm-hmm. Thanks, man. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I really needed that. <laughs> yeah, and I know you said you had a moment like that too. Yeah, kinda. and it's like you know I think mine was was similar along the lines of you know I had had a bad race and um I, we either we either wrecked or got spun or, or something but fin- you know finished this was a truck race it was uh I believe it at Atlanta um, early in the year 2018 or 19 and um uh. You know, I'm riding home, driving home, kind of bummed, mad. You know, one of our seven or eight races kind of were, were just ruined and we were doing well. And I get a message on my phone from a kid that I I went to high school with, knew him, wasn't friends with him. But it was like, hey, buddy, watched you. Just want to let you know if this gets to you. And I'm like, man, of course this gets to me. Like, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm reading it, you know, for sure. This is my stuff. Um, he's like, if this gets to you, just, you know, we're supporting you love to buy any merch. I think it's awesome. Like, uh, got my girlfriend into racing, told her I went to school with you. Take care. Best of luck. Hope you read this. And I yeah. was like, man, you know, yeah. my day isn't as bad as I thought it was. Right. It kind of puts every, cause oh, Charlotte, Charlotte, same way. You know, I, you know, I was a little bummed that we didn't finish as well as we thought, as I thought we should. And then that I'm like, you know what? It could be worse. Yeah. It, it can be worse. <laughs> it could be worse. It can be worse. And I think it just always, goes to show you the importance of like keeping a, a positive mind and and uh a good perspective because you know you never know who's watching like mm-hmm. just you know for that instance um i think uh i think school helped me a lot like you said time management and i feel like just being able to um understand things from a different lens or from a different scope you know politics i think are incredibly uh important you know, as far as understanding the, you know, the, the, the chemistry within a group of people. And nowadays I think it's, you know, it's interesting because it's not like you and I are able to build our cars and, you know, be, be in that, be that involved as we used to be, or Mm -hmm. would like to be, Mm -hmm. you know, there's guys better than us that are doing that at BJ shop right now. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, our job is to kind of manage the chemistry and the camaraderie and, and make sure that you're getting the most out of the guys Mm -hmm. that you can. And I think school taught me that well, as far as being in a, you know, in a big dynamic classroom with different personalities and different people's, uh, opinions being tossed around and agendas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, it, it almost, I think it prepared me better for the, for the personnel side of things than I ever would have guessed. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's one of the things that, um, is, is important for us during the week. And, and I know I was fortunate enough to, uh, to work at BJ's all through the winter and help get our kind of Daytona and West coast swing stuff ready. But you as a driver, just making, elevating your team and making yeah. everybody the best version of themselves, yeah. right? Like making sure everybody's firing all, on all cylinders and making sure that everybody's reaching their full potential. I think that's one of the probably the underrated and not much talked about responsibilities that we have and that is in our power that we can do. I think, um, I think the best example is, you know, not to toot our own horns, but I think you and I, and there's other drivers for sure, but you and I, I think are some of the the few, probably less than eight or nine guys that when that garage opens, Mm -hmm. you know, we're there with the guys, we're there with the team. And it's not like we're, I mean, speaking from my point of view, it's not like I'm trying to do it to, 
you know, to do it. Like right. I, I thoroughly enjoy being there, mm-hmm. being on the road and riding in the van with them and, and pushing uh, through tech. Yeah. Pushing it through like, tech yeah. and just cutting up and talking and keeping, you know, keeping the attitudes right. Um, cause I think there is almost a un, un, how do I say this? There's like an untalked about pressure of, you know, as a driver, are you, you know, the kind of driver that shows up with his helmet yep. and gets in and goes, or, you know, are you the kind of guy that, uh, a, you know, somebody working on the thing says, you know what, Jesse or Stefan would want me to do this. I'm going to take the extra five minutes and do it right. And yeah. I think that kind of speaks volumes for, for, uh, how the team rallies behind you. Yeah, definitely. What, uh, what's your next one? Bristol. Bristol. Yep. You ran that one last year, right? Yeah, we had a uh, a power steering pump issue, so we didn't we didn't run that great. But I Fuck, remember what was that like? No power steering at Bristol, dude. It was weird. So I'd have power steering, but I'd get in the corner and it would quit. So I would <laughs> so I would get to I, my hand would my right hand would probably get to twelve o'clock, and I couldn't go anymore. So like I I like I wasn't at this at the slip ratio point yet. Like I could have turned more, but I literally would you get in the corner and it would load up, and it would just stop turning. And I was it just was not a fun. 300 laps or 250, whatever it was. But um, no, I'm excited. I'm actually uh, to date this. Uh, I, Josh Berry is driving the uh, one car uh, in Michigan Saturday, and he's running the truck race on uh, Friday. And he he was nice enough. I don't know why, but he was nice enough to call me. And um, I'm going to go to Gateway tomorrow and be on standby in case it rains in Gateway. And he has to leave for Michigan uh, in case the truck race rains for the out. the truck on. race at Gateway. Yeah. So um, – you know as well as I am to be in conversations, whether yeah. anything happens or not, is an honor in of itself. Yeah, and, and that's what we hope for. Yeah, that's you, what we just you hope to be in the yeah. conversation. That's kind of what you hope to grind and be there when the right timing hits. Well, that'll be fun. You you race Gateway. I haven't. Oh, you haven't. No, you spotted, I spotted for, for you me. At Gateway. That's right. That's how I knew that. Yeah, that was a fun. Uh, that was a fun adventure. Yeah, you were good, man. I have. Yeah, I try to be. <laughs> What is I a- just I just try if I, I've I, you know I've done some spot in the last couple of years to you know with COVID and everything it makes it a little bit easier people ask me a spot well we don't have practice so it makes it a little bit easier I just try to 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 talk and say what I would want to hear what you would want to hear and yeah. for whatever reason it, it works out most of the time yeah so. that's funny I think uh let's see mid Ohio you spotted for me on the back straightaway yep and I remember like halfway through that race it was like Man, Stefan, you're probably like working too hard than you need to be, bud. Yeah. <laughs> or, yeah. It's like, man, if you want to go get a hot dog, I I, yeah. I should have said that. I'd have been funny, but if you want to go get a hot dog, feel free. I know we were having some issues that race, and there was one point where we were, uh, I think we were last on the racetrack. Like in in order, we were last on the racetrack. So you had nobody behind you, and every time, every time you would go by one of the other spotters, be like, oh, no pressure up back. No I'm pressure. like, I'm like, he, we <laughs> he knows. We know. We know. Yeah, that was. Uh, that was uh, part of it, right? Another another page in the book. But, dude, honestly, days like that make the good ones that much better. Exactly. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, I'm. I, it'd be fun and probably I'd never be able to, but I'd love to ask Jimmy Johnson, like, hey, how many days did you have that you thought went perfect? Yeah. You know, I'm sure uh, a lot less than maybe what comes to mind for, mm-hmm. for someone like him, but... Like you said, it's uh, it's all part of it, dude. I know, 
I know my dad, and I'm sure your dad. My dude, my dad has at least four or five stories where he like cup races. He's like, I was gonna win that race, and then something broke, or yeah. or a tire went down, or a caution came out, or blew up. Like it, it's amazing. Um, you know, uh, fortunately they've they were able to compete at that high level and yeah. compete for wins in, in the top series. But just how much has to go right? Uh to seal the deal yeah i mean i know how hard these races are to win i know my dad i mean he made a, a career out of it and he never won a race and it was like if that's not uh and there's a long you know there's a sh- put it this way there's a short list of r- cup winners mm-hmm. like there is a short list i i probably should go look but i'm guessing you know less than 300 people ever in the history of the sport that have won a race yep and it's like you know, my dad made a six, seven year career out of it and never won one. So that just yeah. shows you uh, he was in great equipment, good sponsors. And it was like good people. And it's like, there you go. There's how, there's how tough it was mm-hmm. then. And even now you could probably make the argument. It's there's more obstacles facing guys at the top level. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fine tuning, you know, instead of, uh, I would say instead of working on making the car go faster, now they're working on making themselves go faster. Right. I think it's good too, not good because you don't want that. But you know, I, I feel like I know my dad has, and I'm I, I'm sure your dad has like has been through hardships in the sport, like really tough times where you know something happened and they didn't know what they were going to do next. Yeah. But the fact that they they made it work. Yeah. They they dug down, they dug deep, and and they made it work, and they continued going on. And I think it's important for us. Um, to have that experience and wisdom to rely on because you know we, we've both been in a situation where maybe we don't know what we're going to do next yeah. but you know just to keep on persevering and grinding. keep on grinding like i think that is uh more important than maybe both of us are even even admit you know i think uh i think the modern day tale and i'd love to to have him on and talk but you know Corey is i know someone we both look up to and I was in the K&N garage with him in 2016 running some races when he was crew chiefing. Yeah. Like he was a legit crew chief in 2016 at a, at a K&N level. And it's like fast forward five years, five years, and he's a competitive full-time cup driver yep. being successful. Like there, if that's not proof in the pudding of sticking at it and, and marching, you know, being creative and, and finding opportunities that, that uh you know you never know then i don't know what is you know yeah for same sure. with ross same with priest same with landon the you Benedetto. Know, matt yes like it's you just never know and you have to just uh you have to keep sticking it out and when you get the lucky dog don't uh don't don't pass the pace car too early <laughs> <laughs> no i think uh, i think it's been fun man i think we're we're at a good spot and it'll be good to uh, have you back maybe this winter and be able to chat a little bit more about 2022 yeah no i'm excited i uh, I appreciate you having me on definitely buddy we'll do it again soon thank you everybody take care